Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Live Free Podcast, where we're talking about living a life of freedom and expansion in Christ Jesus and rest. This particular topic is one that has been talked about all over the world. But, you know, as I was uh, listening and praying to God and just trying to make sense of it, the Will Smith and the Chris Rock um, altercation that they had at the uh, Oscar Awards. I was just saying how bizarre and weird that the whole situation seemed, right? It just seems really eerie and really weird to me what happened. You know, it wasn't a, like a, it was a common thing, right? So if it's not God sent, it definitely can be God used. So what is God saying about the Will Smith and the Chris Rock altercation at the Oscars? There's so much to unpack in this, and I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to real quick tell you what I believe that God, what God is saying prophetically about this entire situation or, or parts of it. So to me, there's a prophetic parallel And how God showed it to me, guys, was the names, okay? So let's start with the name, Will, and let's start with the name, Chris. So how, how, I kept thinking about it. I kept saying, what were the odds and the chances of this being between a guy named Will and a guy named Chris? So, Will... Okay, so if we look up the name William or the name Will, we can look at the word will and we can look at it. um, um, You can use it as an adjective, willful or uh, not thy will, but thy will be done or not yielding your will to God or. And that's the way I kind of looked at his name when I seen that it was Will and it was actually um, Chris. So, of course, you know. Um, the meaning of the name Chris, you know, is short for Christ, um, is short for, um, you know, traditionally, uh, in the Bible, the word Chris would be kind of short for Christ bearer, Christopher, um, you know, and it's, it's, it means Christ bearer or Christ within, so we know that Chris Rock names is going to be symbolic for Christ. And we know that Will Smith name is going to be short for your will, your personal will. Um, and and, and, that, and, it, and it, it couldn't get any plainer than that. Couldn't get any plainer than that. So as I kept um, just harping on this thing for days, you know, you know, I kept saying there's more to this than than it just being a a random slap from what just so happens to be one of the biggest actors and performers in the world, which is Will Smith. And one of the the biggest, you know, comedians in the world is Chris Rock. So what were the chances of something like that happening between them, even though, you know, it was said that, you know, he previously he spoke out and made a joke, you know, regarding Jada years ago in 2016. Uh, but what were the chances 
of these two young men having these names that had this altercation. And what made this so significant, guys, it's not just the fact that they had the names and it was the big, you know, uh, Oscar show, but it was the fact that these were two of the biggest people, <clears throat> one, some of the two of the biggest people in Hollywood, and that this would be seen all over the world. And to me, that just, it's just, that's just not a normal situation, just not a normal occurrence. I mean, you hear about <clears throat> different altercations, excuse me, and different things happening all the time. But what were the chances of it being these two specific people with these two specific names? What is God really saying? So let me um, take a minute and I won't be long to just um, kind of explain to you what I believe, what I believe God is saying in this situation. So what I believe God is saying in this situation with Chris and and Will, I believe he is showing a prophetic parallel between the two names. Okay. You have Will that gets up and slaps Chris who doesn't respond in anger. He doesn't respond at all. In fact, the Oscar the guy behind the curtain, you know, that orchestrated um, William um, Packer, you know, he he orchestrated the Oscars and he actually had an interview with Good Morning America. And in his interview, he talked about um, when he went behind the scenes to talk to Chris Rock regarding uh, the slap and. I, I got to tell you, this was this was my moment right here that I knew that it was bigger than just um, he slapped Chris for saying something about his wife. So he said when he, you know, was in the room with Chris and um, LAPD, you know, pretty much said to him, uh, we can go take him right now. You know, we can take him to jail. Um, you know, you know, what do you want us to do, you know, in regards to Will Smith? And, you know, it was just amazing how the response was, you know, because uh, William Packer thought it was a bit. Okay, he said he thought it was, you know, just a prank, which we all did. You know, I was like, there's no way that could be real. So he said once he saw Will yelling on the stage, he knew that something was seriously wrong, you know, but at, in the in the first uh, in the beginning of it, he, he didn't think so. So when they asked Chris Rock, he said. Um, you know, he just looked at him and said, I just took a punch from Muhammad Ali. OK, I'm reading kind of reading what he said in his interview. But he made it clear to Chris Rock and he said, you tell me whatever you want to do, brother. He said, Packer said the LAPD came and needed to talk to Chris. And they also came into the office, you know, and they said, we'll take him right now if you want to press charges. But he said that Chris Rock was dismissive of the options that the police presented, insisting he was fine. While Packer didn't speak to Smith, his co-producer did. Um. So Chris Rock refused to press charges. He refused to uh, even get upset or even try to fight him back. What was Chris Rock doing? 
Well, if you want to know, I think God was showing us our behavior, which was will, Will Smith, our will, our personal will. And then I think that Chris Rock was a model of Christ in that moment. Not saying he was Christ, but if turn the other cheek was a person, if you're looking at the picture, turn the other cheek is, is the way that this picture has been captured all over the world. His face is turned to the left or to the right if you're facing his way. And he just stands there and then he said, you know, he makes a joke out of it, even though he was embarrassed. And then even after the fact, he didn't want to press any charges. Well, you don't want to know what I feel like God is saying today, guys. I feel like God is saying to us today to drop the charges. There has been so many of us and people that have been hurt, have been wronged in all kinds of situationships and all kinds of different things in our lives. We have been hurt to the highest form of embarrassment, which is what Chris Rock was embarrassed for the rest of his life. This clip would never go away. And instead of him retaliating, instead of him um, saying, take him to jail, instead of him saying he's going to kick his butt, instead of him going off into a tantrum and which he will would have been with well within his rights to do. He said, drop the charges. And that's what I believe God is saying to us in this hour. We live in an hour and a day and time where it is critical. It is critical that we drop the charges. What do I mean when I say drop the charges? Because God gave it to me like that. I mean, God is saying unforgiveness in your heart. Unforgiveness. God is saying that we need to forgive, guys. We need to forgive people for what they have done to us. And do you know that the Bible talks about the sin of unforgiveness? It puts many people on the path to hell. And it's so many scriptures that talks about unforgiveness. It's so many places in our lives where we feel like we have a right to hold on to things. And when I talk, I, I, I include myself. It's so many things that have been done wrong to us. It's so many things that we have done wrong to people. We may not have slapped anyone, but we may have stole something. We may not have stolen something, but we may have held on to a grudge. Maybe your father wasn't there for you. Maybe he didn't grow up with you. Maybe your mother talked down to you or, or have word curses against you and told you we're never going to amount to anything. Maybe you're under a dictator at your job and you hate their guts and you don't want to even come to work. Maybe you were molested as a child and you feel like there's no way I can forgive this person for stealing my virginity and for violating me in the worst possible way as an innocent child. Maybe you've been in a uh, divorce and you can't seem to forgive your spouse that did you wrong. 
Or maybe you was the one that was doing the wrong. Or maybe sometimes we just need to forgive ourselves for not being or living up to or doing whatever we think we should have done as an adult for our children. Or not being the best parent or not being there for our kids. There's so many reasons why we can be on the path to hell because we're not forgiving people. If God can forgive you for your deepest, darkest sins, then why can't you forgive others for the smallest things or just for big things? We repent and we ask God for forgiveness. But did you know that God says that if you don't forgive, then he won't forgive you. And if God is not forgiving you, right, then what does that mean? That you're not getting in heaven. And it's a lot of us that think we're okay. You know what God told me a while back? He said, there is a way that seems right to men, but in the end, it leads to death. You can feel that you seem right or you well within your rights to hold on to the grudges and the unforgiveness. But I'm here to tell you that is a pathway straight to hell. And it's a pathway to get, keep you disconnected from getting your prayers through. Because if you think for one second that your prayers are getting through and you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, you're sadly mistaken. And the reason I say that, because the scripture says that. Okay, now the Bible talks about how many times shall we forgive, even if somebody has wronged you over and over. According to Matthew 18 and 21, Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive them up up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Okay, but 70 times seven, excuse me. In other words, Infinitely, because we know that the number seven represents God's completion. That means to forgive your brothers and sisters completely. That's what the number seven stands for. But God says 77 means completely forgive. And then he says in Mark 11 and 25, and when you stand and pray, forgive anything you may have against anyone so that your father in heaven will forgive wrongs you have done. Again, I'm going to say this again, Mark 11 and 25. And when you stand and pray, forgive anything you may have against anyone so that your father in heaven will forgive wrongs you have done. And again, in Matthew 5 and 23 and 24, it says, so if you are about to offer your gift to God at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you. It says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Go at once and make peace with your brother and then come back and offer your gift to God. In other words, God is saying, I don't want your gift. I don't want your offerings. I don't want anything that you think you're doing in my name. If you have an alt against your brother. Now, if you know you have forgiven someone and they have an alt against you, then that's on them. That's not your weight to carry and that's not your responsibility. God is just saying, make sure your heart is pure and make sure you have forgiven. And then even in Leviticus 19, 17 through 18, it says, do not bear a grudge against others, but settle your differences with them so that you will not commit a sin because of them. So you see how that works? Do not take revenge on others or continue to hate them, but love your neighbors as you love yourself. So it says, 
Do not bear a grudge against others, but settle your differences with them so that you will not commit sin because of them. So what kind of sins can you commit because of them, because of a grudge? I'm glad you asked. So the type of sins that we commit because of grudges is bitterness, unforgiveness, all of those things that we harbor in our heart, because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay. And then what unforgiveness does is it reveals how you really feel about Christ. Because in John 14 and 24, it says the one who doesn't love me will not keep my my words. The words that you hear is not mine, but it's from the father who sent me. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest reasons for unanswered prayers. And we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is devout and does his will, God listens to them in John 9 31. So. And what is one of the biggest reasons I would have to say that we we won't forgive is pride, right? Because we feel like we have the right to be mad, right? But the Bible says Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall in Proverbs 16 and 18. Proverbs 29 and 23 says your pride can bring you down, but humility will bring you honor. Are we saying that we supposed to act like nothing ever exists and that we was never wronged or hurt or anything like that? Absolutely not. But the Bible says to cast your cares on God because he cared for you. And that's easier said than done when you're going through something. But I'm here to tell you that if you sincerely true, truthful, and you're sincerely uh, repentant that God will truly hear from heaven and heal, heal your land because you have to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay. You know, we know the scriptures, right? And it's not easy, but it takes the power of the Holy spirit in order for us to um, have the grace to be able to forgive. We can't do this within of ourselves. We can't do it at all. So we don't want to let lead a million people to Christ or minister to people or uh, do all these good deeds and all these good things. And then there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death and then go to hell. You can leave millions of people to Jesus and still go to hell for unforgiveness. So I'm here to tell you, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. But you need to take the low place. We take the humble place and we go to God in prayer and we say to God, Lord, if there's anything in me that is harboring unforgiveness or bitterness, please show me. And a lot of times you'll know you set free because when you see the person, you won't feel anything. When you see the person, you're able to hug them. And I'm going to tell you the real test. The real test is being able to pray for somebody. When you, when you know you have, uh, have forgiven someone, when you're able to pray for them with a sincere heart and speak blessings over them in spite of what they've done to you and truly want them to be blessed and truly want them to be delivered, that's when you know you really have forgiven someone. But we need to examine ourselves every single day. Lord, if it's anything, show me because it would be a shame to minister and bring people to Jesus. They in heaven 
why you going to hell because you didn't forgive somebody from something that they did to you 10 or 15 years ago. These people don't went on about their life and you still sitting up here mad because your daddy wasn't there for you. Your mama walked out on you or your kids disowned you or you just feel like the world is coming against you or whatever the horrific thing was. God can redeem your time. He can restore your future. He can bring you back to a place of a reconciliation and he can bless it. Now, let me bring balance to this scripture and let me bring balance to this message. God is not saying be a doormat. He is not saying allow people to use you. He is not saying to what father wants anyone using their children or um, uh, uh, speaking word curses over them or just uh, just abusing them. No father wants that for their kids. So I don't want you to get this twisted and think that God is saying, okay, so I have to forgive them. That means I have to talk to them. That means I have to commune with them. That means I have to interact with them because that is not what God is saying. God is saying, forgive that person, meaning drop the charges. Just forget about it. Forget about it. It's not going to change anything. All it's going to do is keep you in a prison. He is not saying that you have to commune or you have to um, fellowship with people that have hurt you and that have intentionally um, uh, tried to hurt you. He's not saying that. What he is saying is just drop the charges. It's so simple. Drop the charges. Now, simple as in as in just saying drop the charges, but not simple as in if it's a big buildup or a hurt. I get it. I've been there. I'm constantly searching and reexamining myself. So trust me when I tell you, I don't think it's an easy thing, but I think it's worth it because there is nobody in this plan on this planet that is worth you burning in hell for or worth you separating your relationship with God for. There's nobody, no child, no parent. Nobody should come before God in your life. God should be first. First. So repent. And ask God and the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive and to show you areas in your life where that still exists. And if it does not exist, you're good. Does that mean that I'm, I'm commit? I'm, I'm obligated to be a doormat? Absolutely not. We're not. We're not obligated. We're obligated. God said to owe no man nothing but to love them. You don't owe anybody anything. You don't owe them a conversation. You don't owe, owe them anything. Only thing you owe them is to love them with the love of Christ. And that's what God is asking today, because the last thing you want to do is be in a prayer position, praying to God and, and the prayer is bouncing off the ceiling and not getting through. Just because you see somebody prostrated in a prayer position doesn't mean they're getting through. So make sure that you leave your, your gift, your tithes, your offerings at the altar, go back, make it right, get your heart cleaned out and then come back and then present your gift before God and, and lay the pride down. It's not worth it, guys. It's not worth the imprisonment that unforgiveness brings sickness. It brings disease. You don't have to be super spiritual and deep to know that stress bring on diseases and illnesses because unforgiveness is stressful. It takes too much energy and it takes too much time. So you don't want to put yourself in that situation, you know, and if God can forgive us for the things that we do, how much more should we forgive others? We do things every day 
we sin knowingly or unknowingly, and God still forgives us. So just drop the charges. I believe that's what he was saying with this Will Smith and Chris Rock situation. He's saying, guys, just drop it. Drop the charges. Drop the charges. Everybody's saying that Chris Rock, you know, um, he should have did this. He should have did that. But he's, it's a very commendable thing that he did and the way he's presented and behaved. And I know he's hurt and I know and, I, and my prayers are continually not just for Chris Rock, but it's for Will Smith as well for them to find Jesus, because that's what it's all about. It's all about him, because that's who's going to be able to set you free from all of the pain and all of the the destruction and the worry and all of the things that people have going on. The only answer is Jesus. I can assure you that's what God is trying to do. Help us. He highlighted that because he wanted to show us, show us the example of not only how we should act, but to show us the humility of Christ through Chris Rock. And that's it. And that's the end of this this, uh, podcast. I hope you enjoyed this today. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And until next time, signing off with Live Free Podcast. Bye.